Hi, this is Angel and Judy doing today's DT in Ephesians chapter 3. I want to start with verse 1. It says, For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles. I'm really struck by the phrase, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles. Paul's life could have been a lot easier if he had stayed provincial, reaching out to the Jews. But God revealed the mystery of Gentiles as fellow heirs to him. And so he did whatever he could to hold fast that gospel message. Entering into Gentile lands, facing persecution, stoning, etc., and having to deal with flat with Judaizers as well as the Jewish Christians. Facing all this on the behalf of the Gentiles, choosing to love and align himself with them. And a quick point I had is that God has placed people in our life to love, to be responsible for. And the question is how far will we go on their behalf to love and bring the gospel to them? At what point do we say enough and give up? Paul here, he goes to the lengths of being a prisoner on Christ for of Christ on behalf of them, and it challenges me never to give up. In verse 2, Paul says, Assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, and it describes Apostle Paul's identity and purpose as an apostle very succinctly. One, his identity is as a steward, which is not a word commonly used today. To steward something is to manage or look out for another's property or affairs as one who is entrusted with the affairs of a business or a large estate. And this is how Apostle Paul received the gospel as a servant of God's steward who is called to be responsible with the gospel, preach it to others, including to the Gentiles. This is not something that other Christians during that time were keen on doing. In the history of Acts, we see how it was such a big deal for Apostle Peter when he was told by God to go to Cornelius, a Gentile centurion, and preach the gospel to them. It's repeated in painstaking detail twice in Acts 10 through 11, the story of Peter sharing the gospel with Cornelius, almost against his wishes, as Peter was a devout Jew not wanting to eat unclean food, and God had to give him a vision and tell him not to call unclean what God had made clean. And when Peter came back to Jerusalem, the church was upset that he had gone to Gentiles and ate with them. This was how stubbornly the early Christians didn't want Gentiles to be part of the church. And yet, this is the stewardship that Apostle Paul is now describing, that he was entrusted to manage for Jesus, the gospel to be preached to the Gentiles. His purpose is to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Apostle Paul receives this stewardship as a grace, and he considers this call as a grace. This is pretty different from how Peter and the apostles felt, and even Jonah to Nineveh. Apostle Paul considers this a grace because he remembers that he is the least of all the saints. In verse 8, he says, To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And this is the key to Apostle Paul's ability to endure hardship, imprisonment, all with a sense of privilege, gratitude, even joy in the midst of his pain and suffering. It's this sense that I don't deserve this entrustment of the gospel, that I am not only saved, but I'm called to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, I who used to persecute the church, and I am now called to be an apostle to the Gentiles. I can't believe God wants to use me in this way. In verse 10, we talk about how the church is the manifold wisdom of God, and manifold means various multiple facets of God's wisdom, and it's revealed through the church. And what is this wisdom? It's when Jews and Gentiles become the body of Christ, united despite the cultural differences. It displays an otherworldly wisdom that can only come from God. How can such different people be reconciled and united? It will cause others to wonder, and it gives opportunity for people to share the testimony. Before I became a Christian, I used to live for this or that purpose. My identity was based on my ethnic background, etc. But now that I'm a Christian, none of that matters, and I can be united and live in fellowship with other believers, no matter what their background. And I like how one commentary put it, the church is to be an audiovisual display of God's reconciling work. In this primary way, she testifies to God's grace and wisdom. 
So Paul encouraged living life in Christ in such a way that reconciliation is a dominant feature of church life. And in verse 11, it says, This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. The eternal purpose is that Jews and Gentiles, people from all walks of life, can be part of the church now because of what Jesus did on the cross. And it is the cross, not living according to the laws of Moses, not circumcision, not ancestry, that binds the church together. And then in verse 17, it says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. I think this phrase, rooted and grounded in love, talks about how love is the source, ought to be the source of all that we do. This evokes the imagery of a plant. A plant is rooted and grounded in the soil from which it gains all the sustenance. If it's uprooted, then it will wither and die. The soil is poor, then it will not grow. A healthy plant needs good soil and an extensive root system that brings in the nutrients from that soil. Similarly, for Christian life, we are disconnected from God's love. But when we root and ground ourselves in things other than God's love, our competence, ability, accomplishments, then we will start to wither and die. We may be okay on the outside, but the soul starts to shrivel. We begin to see ministry and Christian life as chores, see people as objects to compete with or who validate my existence. Each minute that is not given to satisfy my needs starts to feel like an extraction, and it'll be hard to persevere in Christian life. In Paul's life, we see him going through all sorts of difficulties and trials, facing not only physical pains, but the emotional pains and betrayals, and yet he keeps on going undaunted. How? Well, 2 Corinthians 5.14, he says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all die. We see that he's rooted in Christ's love, which pushes him forward. He's able to draw from the deep well of Christ's love, which gives him fresh strength to do what he needs to do. And so he's reminding us again, be rooted and grounded in his love. And how do we do that? Verse 19 says, He wants us to know the love of Christ. It surpasses all knowledge. How do we do this? How do we root and ground ourselves in his love? I think, first of all, the importance of confession and repentance. Honestly examining ourselves to see what kind of sinners we are. Accepting the truth of what we hear from people, putting down denial and excuses. Acts 3 says that when we repent, times of refreshing will come from the Lord. And what are all these times of refreshing? It's this fresh understanding of God's love. When we see how much of a sinner we are, we come to see how much God's love covers over us. We get a sense of awe and wow. Secondly, how do we ground ourselves in his love is through the church. Notice in verse 18, he says that we may have strength to comfort him with all the saints. All the saints. In the church, we get to experience love. We have people who see our faults and show us grace. We experience all of our prickly signs and yet choose to commit to us and continue to persevere with us. God's love concretely expressed through them. I can think of so many stories in my time in our church where God's love became concrete through people's forgiveness, generosity, or them choosing to struggle with me through my ups and downs. But here's the thing, we also experience God's love as we give love. When you try to love another person, you see your own inadequacies, which leads you to turn to the cross. But you also get a chance to try to cover over someone else's prickly signs and sins, to persevere when they reject or turn away, and you start to understand God's love in a deeper way. Just like when I first became a parent and had to deal with all the sacrifices involved in loving a child, I began to appreciate in greater way my parents' love for me. So we get to understand God's love as we give love to those in the church. And so that's our exhortation for you guys today. Hope you guys hang in there. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.